The Rabbit Ate. After the whole zombie situation, BG let us hit the barracks to pick up anything we might have left behind, which equated to clean socks and a fresh pair of trainers for each of us. Then he drove us out to a train station and put us on the 910 to the hell out of this place. That was cool for two reasons. One, the obvious. Two, I fucking love trains. I love the sound of the tracks clacking away. I love the feeling of the cars swaying. I love the chuff of the engine. In fact, I love trains so much, that's what I think this book should be called. I fucking love trains, a novel by Asshole Jones. It's got a nice ring to it, don't you think? This particular train was a beaut, too. Looked like it came straight out of the Old West, with its iron engine and a steam whistle blowing. Yeah, the Brotherhood still used steam engines. It was a cute little thing, too. Three cars. An engine, a coach, a caboose. Topknot almost leaped out of his skin when it arrived. I actually had to turn around and tell him it was okay. Not that he understood what I said, but he got the gist. We was all three of us so exhausted that we each took a seat without a word, leaned back, and went right to sleep. I woke up to a voice saying, Hey, BG, what time are we supposed to get there? 3.30. Then, as I sat up, Good morning, sunshine. He was all open-faced and goofy grinned, like I'd shown up late to a family reunion. He looked natty in his peaches and cream, his triple worsted vest, his eldridge knotted tie. His fedora was sitting on the table between us, and I bet if I looked under that table, I'd have seen his favorite pair of two-tones planted firmly on them U-boats he called feet. How's it? He said. Everything fucking hurts, thanks. Get used to it. Used to it? You're going to war, asshole. Shit gets hurt in war. You want something to eat? Got any lobster? This guy. Hey, Tommy Trigger, two steaks, medium rare. He snapped his fingers, and Tommy Trigger, who'd been cool on his heels in the back across from Wildcat and Topknot, rose to his feet and glared at me, like I was the one who made him do something he didn't want to do. Right away, BG, he said and left using the back door of the car. BG shook his head. That's Tommy Trigger. He's a bit of an asshole. Yeah? Yeah. He must be one hell of a deadeye with a name like that. He a sharpshooter or something? Tommy Trigger? Nah, he ain't got no skills. In fact, he's the worst shot in the neighborhood. Six to one before he can hit anything. So he likes to kill people by pulling the trigger. A lot. Huh. So listen, BG, can you answer me something? Sure. What the fuck is going on? I knew you wanted me to figure out what Zoot was up to, but the fucking crucifixion, the cardio, them things in the maze? What the fuck? He ticked it off on his fingers. Golgotha, hell, and the battle royale. Battle royale? Are you fucking kidding me with this? Tommy Trigger came back into the car and sat down on the bench across the aisle. He leaned back against the window and put his feet up, reminding me of every surly teenager I ever seen and every cheap matinee trying to look tough. All he needed was a toothpick sticking out of the corner of his mouth, or a cigarette between his lips. And what did he do? He took a cigarette out of a pack in his breast pocket and plunked it between his lips. Don't you light that shit up in here, BG said. What, this? Yeah, that. You smoke too. Not that Turkish crap. Smells like burning cow shit. Oh, come on, BG. You want to smoke? Take it outside. We're on a moving train. Exactly. Tommy Trigger didn't do nothing. Just stared at BG mouth hanging open. Broom, BG snapped, and Tommy, sighing, got up and headed back the way he came, muttering to himself the whole time. BG watched him go. Then he said to me, look, sorry about not giving you all the details. That was wrong. But, you know, I figured you had enough to deal with at the time, what with your crazy head and whatever. You didn't weigh nothing but a nickel over 90, neither. 
Putting something like this in your shoulders might have broke your back. I couldn't disagree, but still. Would have been nice to know, BG, all things considered. We sat for a while in silence, staring out the window. The landscape was dark and bleak and barren. Forms lurched around in the night. Some of them big, some of them small. Ain't none of them friendly. Tommy finally came back in with the steaks and potatoes, the reek of his tobacco mingling with the savory smells of the food. He put the place down in front of us, then pulled some silverware out of his back pocket, two steak knives and two forks, and slapped them down on the table. You want anything else? He asked. Salt? Pepper? Handy? Get the fuck out of here. I meant a napkin. BG smiled at him with his teeth. Okay, okay, Tommy said, and left. After all the bullshit of the past few weeks, I gotta tell you that steak was gorgeous. Like a, uh, like a blowjob. After ten years of not getting a blowjob. Or a rim job. Or a hand job. Any kind of job that resulted in the inevitable. Only different because I was eating. What I'm trying to say is that that steak was like an orgasm in my... What I'm trying to say is that steak was like an orgasm in my mouth. Wait, that don't sound the way I want it to sound. Uh, eating that steak, it's like a uh, all salty and juicy and it melted on my tongue so good. First hot and tough, but eventually not so hot and tough. And, uh, and that's where the similarities end because I was the one that felt good in that analogy. Because I'm the one who felt good. And in that analogy, it's the other guy popping off down my throat. And given that ain't nothing like slurping a hot slab of meat between you. All right, fuck it. Never mind. It tasted good. That's all I meant to say. One thing I learned about being a killer and a wanted man is that it never was a bad idea to have an option. Run out of bullets, better have a knife. Knife blade breaks, better have another knife. So after we finished, I snuck the steak knife on my lap. You know, as an option. Two goons in pinstripes came in and cleared away the dishes and such. Then they came back and stood there. One of them little and wiry, the other one as big as an ape. The ape was wearing a white shirt and gray tie, but the wiry schmuck was wearing a valentine button-up and a pocket square. Security detail, I guess. Hovering nearby in case I decided to do anything stupid. Which was smart, considering right then I felt downright retarded. The ape looked predictable stupid, and the little one had one hell of a scar on his cheek and, Holy shit, I said. Morty an asshole! Asshole gaped. Morty sneered. Ah, fuck, he said. You? You made it? Yeah, me. Hey, nice guy. Sucks to be an asshole, don't it? Morty took a step toward me, his hand reaching under his jacket, but BG put his hand up. He looked at me quizzical. He tried to rape my friend, I explained. BG's eyebrows shot off his forehead. When? Remember when you crucified me? What'd you call it? Golgotha? Oh. He pulled two fat cigars out of his breast pocket. You want? Oh? That's all you gotta say? I ought to take that fuck's gun and open him up a third eye. Morty pressed his lips tight, vibrating with anger. You go ahead and try it, he said. Calm down, Morty. I ain't gonna do it right now. Not when you got a hard on for me. BG, come on! Cool it, Morty, BG said. When Morty didn't cool it, BG gave him a look and the guy backed off. BG lit a cigar with a match. I said, what about all that shit you gave Tommy about the smell? This don't smell, he said. Here. I took the cigar and he struck another match, and we both leaned in so we could light mine. I took a puff. I won't make no analogy here because of what happened the last time I tried, so all I'll say is this. Tasted great. BG spread this map out all over the table. It was old school, hand-drawn, like something out of an old book, or what you'd find framed up in an antique store. What's this? It's a map? I know it's a map. What's it a map of? 
This is where we is. What, like America? That don't look like no map of the states I never seen. Well, it ain't quite America. Well, is it or ain't it? It ain't. Jesus. He bit me upside the head. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Sorry, Christ. He hit me again. Using the last name don't make it no better. All right, all right. I didn't know you were so spiritual. I ain't. But there's some shit you can say and some shit you don't say. Saying Jesus Christ is one of them what you don't say. Just in case you didn't figure that one out. Fine. You want to know what's going on here? Or you want me to throw you and your friends back in another situation with fuck all intel? Uh, they're not really my friends. I mean, Wildcat's all right, but she punched me in the foot. The other guy I don't barely know. Jesus Christ, this guy. Look at the map. So I looked at the map. I can't read it. You can't read? I can read. I just have a hard time doing it upside down. You ever get one of them looks, like when you're being a schnook, and someone looks at you kind of all droll and disappointed, as if to say, I've had it with you, you asshole. BG shot me one of them looks. Then he turned the map around so I could see it. Better? Oh yeah, I can read it now real good, thanks. And this is what I seen. First, a great big gash of green running down the middle of it. And in the middle of that, a great big gash of blue. A jungle and a river. Closest to me on the map was a regular old street. Separated from the jungle and the river by a dozen dozen miles. Streets and landmarks, parks and cemeteries, the neighborhood. Laid out in all its glory. Whoever done it even drew a whole bunch of crucifixes on one block. And right in the middle, he cleared out a space for something he labeled the neighborhood boneyard. Best part of it, though, was the warden. The streets was named correct. You got your 15th in Dixon. You got your 29th in Jefferson. You got your Fleetwood in Sumner. You got your Getty in Collins. But the mapmaker also added a whole bunch of personal landmarks, too. Like, fucked Molly May in the ass here. And, kicked that cunt Barry Fishman's teeth in here. Shit like that all over the place. Oh, and Dixon Street? You can imagine how he spelled it. Dixon. That's D-I-X-O-N. What'd you think he spelled it like? What's the matter with you? He also wrote down all the territories of the gangs, with the top-knots being the closest to the jungle and the fuglies being over near the industrial sector. So yeah, that was the neighborhood. Just outside the jungle, he drew another city. Only this one was much smaller. A temple shaped like a pyramid in the middle, with little roads and such running crisscross all over the place. Nothing had been labeled, just the word Tlek stamped on the pyramid. On the far side of the map, past the river and the jungle and the desert, he'd made an arrow pointing off the edge, with the words Swamp and Spugs under it. Nice map, I said. Thanks. I like the way you burn the edges. Gives it a real antique feeling. I think you're missing the point. And what's this, coffee? You stain it up with French roast? You gonna take this serious, or am I gonna have to sock you one? You sock me one, and I stick my foot up your ass. Your foot? Maybe both. You got a big ass. Morty took a step forward, and asshole, after he realized what was going on, followed. I tightened my grip on the knife, and they pulled their jackets back to expose the heaters. Two each, holstered under each armpit. I've taken out dudes with less than a steak knife before. Wasn't easy, but I done it. BG seemed to look in my eye, and he held up his hand again. Morty looked like he was gonna burst. Didn't stop eyeballing me, but didn't make no more moves, neither. Not that he could have stopped what was coming to him. I knew BG was talking to me, seen his lips moving, heard noise coming out of his mouth, but all I could really do, all I could really think about, was the next five steps. Knife in Morty's throat. Dive out the booth. Slice asshole's Achilles. Knife in BG's heart. While they was writhing around and bleeding out or what have you, take the guns and blow out the brains. I seen it laid out before me like an instruction manual, like blueprints. Boom, 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 boom. 
Wasn't no guarantee it'd work. Instructions ain't always precise. Architects forget to carry a decimal. Buildings fall apart. All I knew was that if I got past step four, I was golden. Step four was the clincher. But I knew my limits. Fortunately for all of us, every moment nothing happened, every second nobody acted, nothing happened. BG said, it's going to be okay, okay? Morty and asshole is just going to back off. Back off, guys. Do it. See, they're backing off. And you're going to put that gun down, right? Everyone's just going to relax, okay? Put the knife down. There you go. There you go. Put the knife down? Ah, shit, I showed my ass, didn't I? Didn't even know I'd taken it out. But out it was, gripped in my right fist. In fact, both hands was balled up on the table, knuckles as white as a corpse. BG searched my eyes. You okay? I relaxed my grip. Yeah. Morty, he said, pointing behind him, but not even looking around. You an asshole. Put them heaters away. They didn't do nothing at first. Just stood there, gripping their guns. BG snapped his fingers. Now! They did it. You want something to drink? BG asked me. Water. You sure? You look like you could use a belt. Scotch and water. Morty, get him a scotch and water. Ah, oh, BG, do it, asshole. Asshole frowned. You want I should do it or Morty? Morty cussed under his breath. He slapped asshole on the chest with the back of his hand. Come on, let's go. Okay, Morty. I pointed at the map. You want to tell me about King Tut and his monsters or what? Not Tuts. Tlex. Tuts and Tlex? Two different species. Yeah, I know from the Tlex. I was being a dick. You got that right. Morty came back and plunked my drink down on the table in front of me, and I took myself a good stiff snort. And when the liquor ran its course down my throat and into my belly, I was ready to talk. Shoot, I said. And he did. First thing he told me was that this place, the neighborhood, the pyramid, the training grounds, the forest, the river, the mountains, the arena, this train, wasn't nowhere near America. He had no shit. Shut up and listen. Apparently, there have been three sentient species on planet Earth. One way before the dinosaurs, one way after the dinosaurs, and one way after, way after the dinosaurs. He ticked them off on his fingers. The Spugs, the Tlex, and us. The Tlex didn't call the Spugs Spugs. They called them Tequani, which meant wild beast. Remember them crazy things with the face in the chest and the two rows of teeth and them big long arms? Yeah, them's Tequani. Then he started talking about the myth of the Tlex, how they was aliens from another planet that got left behind. You mean like the Aztecs? Eh, kinda. Find the Mayans, then. Eh, kind of. The Egyptians? So basically what it came down to was this. Most of every species evolved regular. They lived, they died, they turned into plant food. But in each one, there was always outliers. Members that didn't follow the rules. Them was us, the Brotherhood. And the Tequani, and the Tlex. This place here, he said, motioning at the map. It's kind of like a refuge for us things and them things. We can come and go between here and Earth as much as we like, but only when we're the dominant species. After that, we're stuck here. Permanent. No more Earth, just this place. Didn't sound too bad to me, except for the fact that once we was on this side, ain't nobody or nothing made no more bodies and no more things. Wait, like we can't fuck? No, you can fuck. Okay, good. I like fucking. You can fuck till your balls is empty, but you just can't make babies. Even better! Maybe for you, but not for the species. Being over here in this place, 
It's a nice way of the universe saying, fuck off and die, without actually having to fuck off and die. Okay, look, I get it. The TLEC, the SPUGs, the training, the arena. You're building an army. Seems a little stupid, though, right? Stupid? You want we should just roll over? CKK, you might have died, but he ain't dead yet. That don't make no sense. BG swept his hands over the map. None of this shit does. Good point. Look, I don't expect you to totally get it all at once. It's a lot to absorb, and you've just been through hell. All you need to know is CKKU's been drinking the Amber for centuries. Nobody who drinks the Amber for that long dies that easily. Amber? What's Amber? I'll get to it. All right, I'll take your word for it. So he's coming back, and he's looking to invade our world. And we gotta stop him. If you need to stop him so bad, why'd you let Zoot do what he done? We didn't. That's what I sent you for. To figure out what he was doing and stop it. Nice job, by the way. Thanks. I was being sarcastic. I got that. I gotta say, now that I know what he was doing, I kind of think it's a good idea. Seriously? A little bit, but... In the end, the dead don't take orders too good. We need cocks and jockstraps, boulders and bras. We'd hope your group would push us over the edge to be able to fight, but I guess Zoot took care of that. He looked at his watch and got up. It's getting late, he said. You guys is gonna need some rest before... Something crashed into the side of the car, and he stumbled over into the other booth. The car rocked and righted, and he snapped at Morty, an asshole, who jumped into action. Get the ladder, Morty said. For up there? Where do you think? Asshole peered out the windows and into the dark night. But Morty, it's dark. I know it's dark. It's nighttime. Oh, okay. Asshole didn't move. Morty slapped him upside the head. Get the ladder! Oh, yeah. Asshole reached up and pulled a ladder down from the ceiling. Morty climbed up, unlocked the trap door, and disappeared onto the roof. A blast of cold air filled the coach. Asshole peered up after his friend. I'm scared, Morty, he said. From the roof of the car, Morty said, That's okay, Sam. So am I. And that seemed to work. An asshole, whose real name was Sam, apparently, and whose shoulders was as wide as a Nile, pushed that big head of his up through the square opening, and then his shoulders, then his legs, and then he was through, and the trap door shut and latched closed. Seconds later, I heard the sound of machine gun fire. The steam engine picked up speed. What's going on now, BG? Snyder's. Snyder's? Like the pretzel? No, like snakes mixed with spiders. They're out there. They like to come out at night. That's what hit us? Them some big Snyder's. Big as a semi. I let that one sink in for a bit. After a while, all I could think to say was, Fuck's sake, BG. Fuck's sake. The widow Miss Feldman leaned her elbows on the sill. The aches and pains of the ordeal pinched and menaced her. Every joint seemed to tweak no matter what position she adopted. She should lie down, take a break, just a day, let herself heal. Sure, and a billion gold coins should rain down on her front stoop. Those things were still out there. She let her guard down even for a day. There were already enough over here as it was. 
She pulled a cigar from the folds of her skirt and lit it with a snap. The sun began its slow descent, casting shadows of the townhouses across the street. She watched the old abandoned townhouse, waiting for the shimmering. A minute passed. Ten. Just as the sky turned from blue to pink to red, it happened. A tear in the fabric of the two worlds. The widow Miss Feldman blew out a thick plume of smoke. Demon! she cried. Demon, get! Demon meowed as he jumped up on the sill, taking his place before her. The old woman scratched him between the ears. Time to sing for your supper! Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Don't forget to check out LilithFilm.com, JamesKnoll.net forward slash BG, and you can support this show for as little as $1 on Patreon.com. It's Patreon.com forward slash Mad Tales. You guys rock. 